Hey guys, uh, I wanted just to preface this podcast because we got right into the interview. We had just been watching Tired Violence, the new documentary based upon the breakup of our good friends in Under Oath, and so we got right into it. So I wanted to just kind of give you a little insight before we got started. This was crazy. I mean, we were at the State Theater in St. Petersburg, Florida. It was packed. I mean, seriously packed, and it was just awesome. And we really enjoyed being there. But what was so cool was we didn't know what to expect. I mean, we were watching this film, which is sad. I mean, it's dark. I mean, it's the breakup of friends who have been a band for a long time, and some of them don't want it to end. Some of them do want it to end, and it's tough. And we did not know what to expect because, as you know, in Bad Christian, we're all about having that good, 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 good time. This is a little different, but what's so cool is the guys in Under Oath are just awesome people, really funny. They roll with the punches, and we were immediately able just to cut up and have a good time, and we got to answer a lot of questions that all of us had, and even including the audience, so this is a really, really fun podcast that is really neat, and if you haven't yet, please go buy Tired Violence. Find it on the Under Oath website. It is such a good movie. It was so fun watching it. It was really interesting. Um, I, I can't say enough good things about it. Check it out. Let's get to it. But first, we have an announcement from our good friends in Silverstein. All right. Now, I'm excited about this sponsor spot because this is a band that we're actually playing a show with next week in Hawaii. Silverstein have a brand new record coming out on May 19th, and it's called I'm Alive and Everything I Touch. So let's listen to a song from that album called A Midwestern State of Emergency. That was a Midwestern state of emergency from Silverstein. Their new record is called, again, I Am Alive and Everything I Touch. It'll be out on May 19th on Rise Records. And we'll be playing some more tracks from that record on these live episodes coming up. So be sure to tune in and catch those. Make sure you head to SilversteinMusic.com to check out the pre-order stuff, packages. They have vinyl cassette tapes, coffee mugs, rings, shirts, hoodies. These guys went all out. So you got to check it out. Support these bands. you got to support the Screamo. SilversteinMusic.com Our friends in Haste the Day have reunited to make a brand new record called Coward. That's coming out May 18th. This is going to be cool. I love seeing like 50 to 60 year old men reunite and create a record. (laughs) We've known those dudes since 1960s. Uh, So let's check out their brand new song called World.
All right, that was World by Haste the Day. Their brand new record is called Coward, and it comes out on May 18th, and it features every member that was ever in Haste the Day. So, that, so that's what? 30 to 35 65 people. 65 people. <laughs> These dudes are awesome. You know what's cool? Every single one of them are really cool, too. I, I, I can't wait to hear this full record. They'll be playing four CD release shows in New York City, Denver, Los Angeles, and Indianapolis. So check those out if you can, and be sure to head over to solidstate.merchline.com to pre-order their new record, Coward. Go to there today. Thank you. This is Toby and Joey here. We're glad to be here. We do a podcast. We love to talk to people, hang out, and do stuff under some of our best friends we've had. And uh, we, we know so much about them, we thought we would, we would combine our shows here tonight. So, what do you guys want to talk about? You Let's want to talk, talk about, about the how there's only four of us, uh, not six. Because the deal is, is that two of the guys, Spencer and Daniel, are still playing music full-time, and they're out on yeah. tour, and we are at home. And we sold out. Yeah, yeah you totally. guys are messed up. I never listened a whole lot to Under Oath, but after watching that, I'm pissed that you guys broke up, man. It's, yeah, me too. It's all <laughs> really? it, it actually made you mad. You weren't yeah. even a fan, and now you are. I, yeah, totally. That's, that was the goal of the film. <laughs> to make so, all non-Under Oath yeah. fanatics mad, too. <laughs> so my first question is, uh, have all of you seen this yet, or is this the first time some of you guys are seeing this as well? James, this is the first time James has seen any portion of this film <laughs> tonight. <laughs> yeah, and his mic's not on either. Yo. Perfect timing. Hey, uh, yeah, first time. There you go. Seen the movie. It's decent. Real decent. Uh, <laughs> No, I, th- I thought it was cool. I remember it a little different, but... <laughs> I thought it was cool. <laughs> so, James, this is literally Stuff. the first time you've yeah. seen the movie. Th- could you give us, like, uh, your main reflection? I'm not, not even joking or anything, but, like, what, do you have a main reflection or anything from the movie seeing it the first time there? How do you feel genuinely? I genuinely enjoyed it. I think it was accurate <laughs> to uh, the last few weeks of tour there. Um, I don't know. There was a lot of emotions for me. Uh, coming back, like having that time away, then coming back and having that finale. Um, so the experience for me was a little different than the one portrayed in the film for most of the guys, being that that was their, their end and it was me, I'd end, come back. Um, did you cry? No. Not, not I think I did cry. see you crying during like your big scene where you're like, yeah, and the band was on fire, and I was, they rolled down the window, and smoke was falling out. <laughs> yeah, that firecracker thing almost made you cry. You were just it? sobbing. Yeah, dude, just memories. All the memories. All the great memories of smoke-filled vans. Now, did, did it make you guys emotional and sad? Like, you, uh, you'd have already seen it, you, you through here, but, I mean, that is your life you're watching there on screen. Like, right now, like, did it just rehash all that stuff that you thought you had buried? Well, it's weird because there has been about two and a half years between that tour and now. So that amount of time, a lot of stuff's happened. So it really, to me anyway, it does feel like revisiting that. It's not like, oh yeah, this tour just happened and you know now I'm looking at it again. It's like, I'm, I think we're all kind of in a, in a way different spot and we see, I see myself as way removed from that person in a lot of ways. So looking back at it, it's, yeah, and then I just, I cry like a baby. So that's, so yeah. how was it, you know, for you um, watching the movie here tonight, premiering with the crowd? Though? What's your experience like right like tonight? I was saying on the way here tonight that it's weird for me because, you know, we've, as a band, we've performed, you know, 
countless times and got, gone on stage and you know put everything we have into what we do every night. But we, we've never been in a position to where we are in a room with a bunch of people looking at something that is super personal. Because when we were filming it, we weren't thinking, oh, like, how do we want to spin this? How do we want to make ourselves seem? It was literally mm-hmm. just, hey, this is, the, this is the end of our band. This is just how it is. Capture it how it is, and we're going to put it on film. So it's, you know, it's, it's a little weird just because it's so personal and there's you know a bunch of people in a room looking at these what would normally be super private moments you know and not in a bad way I think it's I think it's cool because in a lot of ways I feel that it's the most real thing we've done but are you dodging my question how do you feel Chris Dudley tonight that's all I'm asking you feel sad? Wait, you feel I, I thought that was Aaron I, Gillespie. Wait. <laughs> I, I thought feel, Aaron had dyed his hair. Who the heck? That's, that's Chris Dudley? I, what are you, good Lord, you're like 100 pounds soaking wet. My God. I feel very good. I feel accomplished. You feel like you're removed from that person because you removed a person from your body. You are like, it is unbelievable. Good God, you look amazing. Now, Toby might be onto something a little bit, Chris, but I, like this is this is a, my reflection from the movie. At least is like I mean, you you've lost weight, right? Am I yes? How, how it's much? Very apparent. How much have you lost? I've lost about seventy pounds. Seventy pounds. Now, here's here's what I don't understand so, about that is yeah. you, you're you're doing you're in the entertainment industry for fifteen years. <laughs> In front of millions oh, and you've been in front of millions the of world. people and cameras across the whole world. You break the band up. I mean, it's your fault because you had True. kids. Then you go home and become terrific looking. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand it. it it's, he, like, hey. it's like a girlfriend you broke up with, and you. I'm going to show her. Oh yeah, she see what she's missing. Now the under oath guys are like, "Damn it, the dude looks amazing." Hey, you just wanted to turn it up in the bedroom, man. Yeah, I, I mean, good lord. Good I was just trying to God. keep myself humble all those years. Wait, I didn't want to get. They, okay, Did you just so say turn up in the bedroom. Is that what you just said? Yeah, man, that's tight. <laughs> all right, so how about so how about Grant? And I, I don't have any preloaded jokes to make fun of you or anything. But oh, what, how how did how, what is your main t- seeing this movie? Let me rub these your people neck react, react to it. Do you have Do you have a large Do you have any takeaway from this? Uh, yeah, no, it's a little weird, but uh, it's kind of like when you go into like you're hanging out at a bar and somehow, in some weird way, your band's on the jukebox and your friend or some random person puts it on to be funny, and you have to listen to it. and It's just awkward. As all of you guys know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. totally relatable <laughs> for all them. Well, I'm, I'm speaking to you because he obviously, you know, Emery's on all the yeah. We get a lot of jukebox play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it was cool. It was, uh, it, it's kind of a, uh, a, I mean, you know, a blast back, you know, two years ago. And it's just like, it's just weird. I don't know how to explain it. It's like, it feels like another life in a sense. But at the same time, it's still hanging out with all my best friends. It's mm-hmm. like, you just literally pick it up and right before you left it off. Well, I have, I have several yeah. observations about it, but the thing that strikes me most right now, like in this situation, is that there's, there's this art that's happening tonight. Like there's this uh, creative film that was made. It's a film. It's not even a movie. It's a, a documentary film. And uh, there's the music scored underneath it. And then we're up here doing a podcast and we're doing all this stuff and I'm thinking, this is incredible that we, there's people here 
and we're all up here doing something that could be regarded as a performance, and none of us are playing music, yeah. which is exciting to me. But on the other hand, I'm thinking with the amount of people that are on the stage, if we just you know, like brought our guitars and sang. You want to start a band? I mean, we could have made tens of thousands of dollars tonight. (laughs) There would be so many more people and we'd make a ton of money. (laughs) We're all here. All we got to do is pull out a guitar. Damn it. Why don't we think of that? We could have been a much bigger event, don't you think? Raise the screen. Spencer, Aaron, come out. Let's do this. Okay. But it is exciting. I mean, like uh, going forward in life, like we're doing this podcast now and you guys are doing other things and uh, s- self-fulfilling prophecy, Spencer is on the road right now. That's why he's not here tonight because he's on tour, correct? Yes. yes. Okay. Because so, what did he say, Chris? What? It's his last show ever. What did he say? <laughs> That's right. What did he, he say, Tim? I don't know. <laughs> Joey will say it. What's that? Exactly. I, you mean when Spencer said... Fuck you guys. This isn't my last show. <laughs> there we go. I knew it. Dude. I, I did have a question about that. Like, I, there's like some pieces of the puzzle that's missing to me. Kind of, I know these guys know a lot about your story, but somewhere between fuck you guys and all of the hugging, <laughs> there's something missing. Like, it seemed like he was really he angry. Said that. Yeah, I don't exactly. Know. No, he, I, he actually did say that. He's just like, y'all, y'all are telling me that this is my last show. And then he said, F you guys. Those are called edits. They happen in movies, uh, you know, to, to break up time. <laughs> yeah, that's all overdubs. But, but <laughs> he didn't even say anything. How did he become happy with you guys a, again? Or was, was he, were those just raw emotions? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like all of a sudden like, you guys were good and you were hugging and all that stuff. It seemed like there was some major tension and he was angry that you guys couldn't figure out the whole family band thing. Well, there is tension and there's always tension. Yeah. It's like one of those things where we got to a point where like Chris said, like we had friends that have kids in bands and I have a five, three and one year old and I was on tour for most of my five year old's life from one to three, one to two. The girl I picked up in the movie or whatever. Um, her name's Marin. It's not whatever. But Ezra and then Ida right next to them, like, I have a different relationship with my kids now that are at the age that I was touring it with, you know, with Marin. So it's like, I see the fruit of being home and being home for dinner and being home for, you know, School and I went to Marin's last day at school today, and it was just this like thing where, you know, I'm making up for lost time with her, sort of, but like we kind of got ahead of it. We we saw it and we curbed it. But it's like one of those things where if you're single and you're sitting here going, dude, we're in this band and we're touring and we could do whatever we want. We can say we want to go there and we'll find someone to pay us to fly there. Uh It's tough, and it's like I don't expect anyone who's in that position to. to understand my position. So you don't, you don't actually even expect, for instance, Spencer to understand that point of view. Like, no, knowing you it. as well as he does, you, you, do you think he understands your point of view? No, he doesn't. Because he knows enough people that are lead singers or drummers or guitar players in bands, I think, that have kids and are still successful and touring full-time. And that would be his, like, I guess, antithesis to our argument Right. And it's a shame that he can't be here to like explain that because it's not a, a malicious thing or a, you know you 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 guys are assholes or dickheads for just like screwing my life. 
no one's trying to screw anyone. It's just, yeah. this is our path. And he's like, yeah, but there's another path. Like, I genuinely think he believes, like, you can be a good dad and a good husband and be on tour. And he said that. And I genuinely think I personally can. Uh-huh. And, and I don't know how Chris or James feel personally, but speaking for me, it's like, that's just kind of how that goes. So well, this really is, the, I mean, that really is the theme of the movie. And that's what Joey is asking. He's saying, um, I, on some level, I'm hearing people wonder, are you reconciled? We see you hugging at the end of the film. We see tension in the middle of the film there. And we're wondering, wh- where are you guys at personally? Like, like what's... Where are you guys at? As, as I want to say this too: the, the the film literally did have me sucked in. I mean, it, it really, really is awesome. And that scene where you guys, I think, arrived in Tampa or Florida, wherever it was, and your kids ran up to you. I mean, I did get choked up because it was just like a culmination of, wow, this this is this is what the film's about. I mean, you know, Under Oath could not keep touring as it was touring, and like you said, you know, maintaining a. a being a good father and all that stuff. I mean, yeah, I was wondering in that exact scene was there, did you guys edit it? Because like Spencer's on the side looking at your kids going, you little shit. You piece of shit. Not on my watch. You cannot tell me this is my last show. That's actually who he's talking to when he's saying all that stuff. My daughter's sitting there. That's little mother. Marin, my five-year-old who was three then was actually interviewing Spencer and he's like, fuck you, man. Like Spencer's totally cool with you guys but your kids he hates all their guts he's never cursed at me he's cursed at my daughter that's it yeah no it's um it's i think it's i think it's more i mean coming from kind of the same size spencer is i'm not married i don't have any kids there's definitely like when we had the talk of like this is it like it was me tim and spencer in the airport and i remember at a bar and like it's one of those situations where yeah it sucks but at the same time I can't understand his situation because I'm not in his situation. Until I'm in there, I can't understand it, but I can respect it. And it's not about understanding, it's just about respecting it. And the same with Spencer. You have to respect I'm not I'm not looking to like be Dave Grohl or, you know, Kurt Cobain. Like I have my own like what I want to do and like if that's what he wants to do and that's his goal, mm-hmm. then I respect that, you know, and I get it. But it's 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 a thing where you can't understand unless you're in those shoes. So who do you identify with Grant more in, as far as this divide goes? And I'm not it's, saying there's teams. I'm just saying naturally, <laughs> who do you identify with? Are you, you're single, like you said, same as Spencer. So I was single. I'm not anymore. My, girl, my girlfriend. Okay, congratulations <laughs> to wow, you. Wow, that's awesome. But <laughs> he said girlfriend. There's nothing yeah. to really congratulate. I mean, yeah. but, I mean no offense. But, <laughs> I mean, you know how those things go. I mean, it I could do. Be, they could break up tonight. Yeah, yeah that's but what? your natural identification in this in this matter, like like the film doesn't really like we see Tim, we see Chris in there, and then James is somewhat lumped into the category less less vocally. But James, you're married, correct? Yes, I'm, I'm a parent. <laughs> Talk up, James. James. And so so Grant, how do you identify in, in this? Um, when the situation came up, there was a couple of uh, there's honestly there's a couple of different. Uh, options thrown out from different parties in the band um and uh you know one being like hey we can't do we can't keep up this capacity of touring we can't do the schedule i mean you could have kept it up though yeah personally i this is the kind of thing is i was down either way there was the idea of hey let's maybe do an album every year maybe one tour a year or maybe every year whatever and there was let's go full board let's you know bust through this little like uh 
valley, I guess you could say, we were in right. and get back on top. And for me personally, like just being the awesome guy that I am, I was down to do whatever. Like I was totally down to do that idea. I was playing the other, you know, whatever made what I love to do, which was play music with these guys, keep happening, I was down to do it. Yeah, and the way that I kind of look at that is like Spencer is the type of guy where if I didn't see him playing music full time from here on out, that would bum me out because he's that guy. Like he wants to be on stage forever and that's what he wants to do. And for him to continue to be in a band with guys who are saying like, hey, this is not our priority anymore. I think that's kind of doing him a disservice too. And and just to be uh, you know, clear about it. It's like we all still talk. Like we're we're on group texts and sending dumb memes back and forth. And like, you know, I talked to him today. Like he's super bummed he couldn't come because he's on tour and whatnot. And you know, f- as far as your question goes, you know, what is your relationship now? Has there been reconciliation? Like I think that when you see the film, everyone when everyone's talking, it's we none of us. I know I've talked to at least Tim about this. Like, but when we were being interviewed. Um, we were talking with Steven, the director, and none of us were really thinking, yeah, Steven's here, by the way. He directed the movie. I think we should bring him up at some point. Thank you, Detroit. Yeah, we'll we'll bring him up in a minute. But um, none of us were really thinking, okay, we're sitting down, we're being filmed for this interview. Like, I know when I was being interviewed, quote unquote, I was looking at Steven, just me and him were having a conversation and it felt like two friends just, he would be like, what are you feeling? And then I would just talk. And I think the same with Tim, I think the same with Spencer. And in that you get the raw, like, Hey, here's what I feel like, you know, Spencer saying, you know, you can't tell me this is my last show. I'm angry. Like those are the feelings that he had, but I feel at the end of the day, it was what, like what Grant's saying, like, there's a respect there. It's like, I, I love Spencer and no matter no matter what happens we've all grown up together and as adults who have known each other for so long it's just I I couldn't have animosity personally toward him or any of these guys but but for me watching the movie it almost felt like and Grant you didn't say this but it seems like it would like you are really cool with it or whatever but I mean how you've paid for everything all your bills your mortgage and everything, and then all of Thanks, a sudden, Mom. some people with kids go, yeah, I'm, you're getting fired. Like, it, the, the people in your band somewhat became your boss and fired you, and now you, the way you earn income no longer exists, and you're totally okay with that? You, you're just, yeah, oh, you know what? I mean, You heard him. He said he's a really good guy. I mean, you're, are your parents super yeah. loaded? No. Uh, <laughs> um, they were not happy that, with those cell phone bills. But, I mean, your income ended... I mean, you're because talking of Tim's kids. You're are you trying about... to start a fight up here? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, are, were you that okay with it? Yeah, I mean, you're in a band. Like, let's be honest. A band is, I mean, what's the percentage of bands that do it over 10 years, over 20 years? Like, like I said in the Emory DVD... is the only band. Emory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never stop. I mean, like, to be clear, we totally side with Spencer, clearly. Yeah, <laughs> totally. That dude rocks. Like, I Keep mean, going, how many, though, Grant. How yeah. many kids do you have, Toby? <laughs> I have three kids. Yeah, I got one. Yeah. Our drummer's got three, so I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if there's... We'll be playing probably here in July. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, guys, no, no, you guys, guys are you, awesome with the kids. Keep going. Player? Yeah, tell us how hey, all your dads we are. All your yeah, wives. Go ahead. <laughs> We're the worst fathers on earth. Yeah, no, Tim and... <laughs> 
Chris, you guys are awesome dads. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I like uh, what I was saying was just like I said in the in the actual movie, like the band almost broke up. What every other year almost it felt like <laughs> there was some kind of ordeal. So I mean, it wasn't it's it wasn't like a thing where you're like. Oh man, this is it. My life is over. Like, like you knew it was coming because it's all the almost break. It always, it always comes. Well, yeah. the, my perspective on those almost breakups is, I mean, we've been like the first time that we saw you guys was even before Spencer was in the band. So you referenced that as one of the things, like two thousand three or four or whatever. So we saw you guys at Cornerstone then and saw that transition to where Spencer was this new guy in the band. So I remember that. I totally remember that time. I remember when we were on Warp Tour with our buses hooked up together playing Halo. Yeah. And then the next yeah, day, son. the next day, y'all, our Halo partners aren't on Warp Tour anymore because they're breaking up. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought. I remember Grant I remember coming, on a, too. coming on our bus at Warp Tour and he was like, yeah, we're dropping off Warp Tour. This is really serious. And Grant was, break up. Grant was so sad. We're, we're probably going to break up. And, and I, I, I just was sitting there silent going, Damn it! I'm not going to get to play Halo with Grant anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, that's did why you guys I was ever win? <laughs> did you win one? Yeah. No, did you win one match? No, we did not. <laughs> yeah, you're gluttons for punishment. Hey, was there um, uh, was there purpose behind keeping the personal spiritual stuff kind of vague as far because y'all talked about you guys being on different places spiritually, but it never was really identified where each person was at. Like you could kind of infer Spencer was one of the guys that didn't believe anymore, but it seems like you guys, it was more than just him, but it just kind of, yeah, a little vague. Yeah, for, yeah, I, want, I know for me, like being, you know, interviewed on camera and whatnot, I didn't really feel it my place to be like, well, here's where all these guys are. Like yeah. I feel, I'll, I feel comfortable, totally comfortable sure. talking about my personal, you know, relationship with Jesus. And I mean, you're like thumbs up on Jesus. We get it, right? <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a Christian, you know, yes, but just, we just wanna, I don't... We just want to see all the members, you know... Hands in for. the air right now under oath, guys. <laughs> so yeah, so I think that that's why it's so vague because everyone's kind of talking about everyone else and that's a weird thing to be like, yeah, like... You know, like if we're talking about you guys, be like, yeah, Joey, blah, blah, blah. Go for it, dude. I don't don't really care. It's uh, these guys are all Christian guys. I'm not. Daniel wasn't, and Spencer is kind of in his own medium. So So basically, the Christians screwed all the atheists. The Christians like, are like, we're not going to keep this thing going. Read, read this story before. Screw no. you, liberal <laughs> atheist <laughs> bass players. Yeah, was just Did it really player. become Christians versus atheists in your band? <laughs> like, that's unbelievable. Like, it, came, it became a real-life video game for It ruined you, our softball team. We are going to have a softball team, and it just totally ruined it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what it is crazy. One observation I had is, is that... You know, as far as bands go in the genre of like Christian affiliated, have screaming and singing, and a keyboard player from 2000 to 2015 era, as far as that genre goes, 
I mean, like, I really, I, I do give you guys credit for being on top of that. That's, I mean, you guys are like the Coca-Cola <laughs> cool. of that. Right. And, you know, so yeah. we're the best Christian band with a keyboard player. Yeah. With two singers. From one two, of them that has to drum, who right. has red hair. Yeah. Right. Half of them are overweight. Yeah. Right. Guys, we made it. One of them is short. Like I said, I You're like the Walmart of that. No, no. You guys made it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You guys are the Coca-Cola of that. And I mean, and we are the Shasta for sure of, right. of that market. But here's what I want to say about music. I mean, it, like, w- what I want to thank you for is like, uh, it, our market share has increased so much. Yeah, it's been then. amazing. Like, our, our album sales have doubled since y'all are out of the picture competitively. Wait, you guys had yeah. two singers, a keyboard player. You had some screaming and some singing too, right? That's right. Yeah. All right, cool. So, so like I said, our album sales have doubled, our ticket sales have tripled. So for, since music's so competitive like that, like, like I said, our market share has just grown. So thank you guys so hey, much. You're, you're welcome. For, for bowing out. Like it's just been, it's been the, this is the golden everyone's age got, for us. Everyone's got to find somewhere to go. Just head toward the Emory bus. <laughs> but really it's the opposite of that. And I do want to acknowledge and thank you guys for being the big time for being the trailblazers for being like like music is not it's not business and as sad as it is that some people in music are competitive it's not competitive music is the it, art and these things are so cool because you work together you guys make people get into heavy music and then they wind up liking our band that that happens so i thank you guys for that and so the more bands that happen the more people that do podcasts the more people that do this stuff it does make it better and so like i think that's the coolest thing about what we've been a part of or doing over the long term is one band helps another so like thank you guys very much for being a influential spearheading top of the heap coca-cola of you know whatever it is you want to call the genre that you have james what do you think about that (laughs) they don't even let james James had one Try this scene one, James. in the movie, and they won't even let him get a real mic for the after <laughs> interview. I'm sorry, James. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I, I tell you, I thought you had a professional you podcast here, and <laughs> I can't even get a working mic. Um, what was the question? I'm sorry. <laughs> no question. <laughs> um, but thank you for the, the kind words. Um, Man, I don't know. Someone they said they me. owe I'm, I'm everything that we they owe have it to, you. to you. Oh, no, no, no. Hey, all. I'll tell you what. Let me give James a particular compliment. Please. Do it. James is on the forefront of the people that made people start getting in, people playing heavy music using Fender Telecasters. <laughs> James <laughs> is on the forefront of that. Would you, would you guys not agree? I have no I, idea. Them is or Poison the Well, who I saw and took it from. Either I, James, Poison the Well, or at the drive-in, but yes, yes it's probably I, I James. Believe, no, no, I believe it's for a lot of people, James. I believe for a lot of people that James is the guy who, that it was almost an ironic move playing a Telecaster on stage for music that was really heavy. And you I thought it, that Joe. was always super cool. Oh, thank you. And Chris Dudley, clearly an innovator and a pioneer. You in, skipped me. You literally skipped yeah, yeah, right yeah. over skip me. right over you. are just a regular old guy with a beard playing an SG. That's standard. Yeah. <laughs> that's normal. <laughs> I did play an SG standard, so that's fine. <laughs> I, I really like thinking about Chris now, like using his skills from the band in his, in his work now, like working on the computer. Like when you work on the computer, <laughs> do you go... I just go freaking nuts. <laughs> like are you, are you just typing like that? Like... <laughs> Like, I love that idea of you working your ass off, just going off, <laughs> typing out a document, just going off on that keyboard. That's how he got so skinny. 
<laughs> just he was doing it my... an hour a night, six months a year. Now he does it 40 hours a week. <laughs> Same thing. All right, do you guys think that the, the people out here would have some questions we could do and talk to? Like, I mean, this is just my point of view and observation. Yeah. Yeah, sure you, guys the you guys have some questions out there? Hey, guys, it's me again, and I just want to take a second of your time to say vagina, penis, vagina, penis, vagina, penis. And you know why I'm saying it? Because you aren't. You husbands and wives out there are not saying those things. And you know what it's causing? Some strife in your relationship. You are scared to talk about your sexual relationship. And it's just as important, if not more sometimes, than your finances or what's going on with the kids or all these other things that happen in your married life. You need to be talking about sex. And that is why we want to tell you about this awesome, awesome resource from Craig and Jeanette Gross that they have developed called Best Sex Life Now. This is a great opportunity. Pop in a DVD. Watch this and just sit back and maybe start a conversation with your spouse. I mean, that is hard to do sometimes. Your life's so busy, you get sidetracked by this or that, and this is a great opportunity right now for you just to get some help, learn some things, be honest, be open, talk a little bit more. Why aren't you doing that? Ask yourself that right now. If you want to have sex with your wife, if you want to have sex with your husband, why aren't you? Why aren't you? Ask yourself that question right now, and then... Purchase this. This this is so awesome. They have such good dialogue on this, and this is a great resource for you guys just to be a little bit more involved in your sex life. Take it. Take ownership of that thing. Get loose in the bedroom. It is fun. God made it fun on purpose. It feels good for a reason, and you guys aren't having it. You're not experiencing the best sex life now. Do that. Check it out right now. So go to badchristian.com forward slash best sex life now, and don't delay. Do it right now. Start having the best sex now. We've got an on-the-scene correspondent. We have uh, Toby, actually, whether you know it or not, Toby is actually heavily involved in media coverage. Yes, I am. Yeah, so he has a thing called the damn news, the news with Toby Morrell. Oh, so, this is the yeah. damn he's news right now? So I'm people. on the scene right now. He's on I'm the on scene. I'm on the scene. I'm a correspondent. <laughs> sir, you're going to ask the first question. It better be good or we're going to ask you to leave. But go ahead, sir. No, uh, watching the movie, I noticed a question, a question for Chris um, about who you would pass the torch on to. And I was wondering if you or any of the other guys gave any more thought to that. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you pass the torch to? Oh, man. You've had time to think. Well, I kind of stopped thinking after nobody answered the question for me in the movie. (laughs) Oh, man. I don't know. Uh, It's... I... And someone else, maybe? I think to answer that, you have to like acknowledge that there's a torch to pass. And I think that's the hard thing is like, we've had that conversation. Like, it's not where like fake humble in the sense that we don't realize anything that we've done per se but it's there it's that like like we played a show at Jimmy Eat World like our booking agent at one point was Jimmy World's booking agent and we saw Jim Atkins and Chris and I were trying to explain to Jim like dude you are like God like you and he's just like dude I'm just trying to get my chicken fingers from the from the whatever and we he blew just moved it. on he literally blew us off like it wasn't life changing for him it was life changing for us to be a part of that and I think like if you're in a band it's hard to recognize the accomplishments like even our pastors here he changes all of our lives every week and it's hard for him to be like yeah I did that like it's one of those things where it's like 
you don't realize the fruits of your labor, and you probably shouldn't, because if you did, you'd just be a, a, an asshole. Yeah. So, like, it's one of those things where I think Let Live, I you know, think to, Let Live is the best band that has come out in a minute. Yeah. Personally. Uh, to, be, to, be on, to be completely clear, when I was asked that in the, uh, when I was talking about that in the film, I almost said them, but then I thought that that would be weird because they were on the tour, so I... I didn't say that. It is. Like, Let Live is literally the future. I think they're the future. Like, I, they're the only dudes doing anything that is different, personally. I, yeah, they're, I, I, their ethos and everything that they exude is everything that I would hope that we would have exuded mm-hmm. doing what we were doing. That's a good answer. So yeah. Let Live is, gets the torch. There we Bam. go. Bam. Let you Live. Go. You're welcome, fellas. It, it, it's on... Unbe- you get the torch. It's unbelievable out here. All I can think of is like, Chris is the Matthew McConaughey of Under Oath right now. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even hear one word you said. All I was thinking is, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> so, you look so damn good. My God. Get, all right, who has the next question out here? All right, up here at the front. Let me come over. Mark. My God. With me and Mark are Twitter friends, by the way, this guy. Yeah, right. First of all, I just wanted to say, and, and I know I've... I've heard a lot of kids say this to bands in, because they think the band wants to hear it, but your music changed my life. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it brought me out of, at the time, you know, from seeing the Taste of Chaos tour to standing right there for the Define the Great Line MySpace secret show, that shows how long ago it was, um, it brought me out of a lot of dark places and I just wanted to, first of all, thank you for that. Um, second of all, I, I saw, I've seen you on so many different tours, and it seems like the, the tour, the bands that you toured with all sort of seemed to make sense, the packaging that went together. And then you played the Mayhem Festival. And I'm wondering what, how that came about and what it was like being on tour. I think, I think it was Marilyn Manson may have been on that tour, or some Slayer, but... What it was like being on a tour with bands that were very far away, still in the metal genre, but very far away from Under Oath. It was awesome. <laughs> that, to be completely My honest. Disturbed was on that, right? Yeah, it was us, Disturbed, Slipknot, Machine Head, Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> Dragon and Force. Dragon Force. Gone. It was so awesome. So we get a call... Uh, Reese or Kevin Lyman call us about that because somebody dropped off. Remember, you remember that? Yeah, it was a seven, seven dust. dust. Yeah, seven yes. dropped off. So, yeah, so seven dust drops Those off. From yeah. Atlanta. So they dropped off the tour, and we got a call saying, "Hey, Slipknot's doing this thing. Do you guys want to do it?" And we were like, "Heck, yes!" And it is to this day when people ask me what my favorite tours are that we did. I say it's a tie between that and actually a tour that we did with Emery in Australia called Soundwave. Hell yeah. I I, I say the same thing about Soundwave. Yeah, and it was, it was, uh, it was amazing. Like, so, but the nature of his question seems to be that like, but those bands are so different. Like the cultural shit. come from. So like, surely you wouldn't, you wouldn't like that. So what's the reason that you liked it so much? Was Uh, it because the the bands are just bigger? I mean, that simple. I think at that time it was we were releasing our third record or had just released it. We had played Warp Tour so many times. It's just let's try something different. Let's be uncomfortable. Let's just be out in front of some new kids. Um, our, our that record was a little bit heavier than the one before it. 
we were gravitating in that direction, and let's see who's interested, pretty much. Yeah, I, I yeah, didn't like it. it. Just, just like to be it. clear, I didn't like that story. Why not? <laughs> it was like, uh, it was like Bravo of metal, like the Bravo channel of metal, just so many egos. Uh-huh. There are some good dudes on it, and you know, like he said, it was cool to like kind of like get in that new element and kind of earn your way. Mm-hmm. You know, it was cool to see like sometimes like shows would start with small crowds and end with large crowds, but yeah, no, it wasn't that. It wasn't cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think as far as the you know the, the cultural difference, because I remember when we were on that tour, like I would talk to so many people, and I'm like, man. What's it like being a Christian on tour with Slipknot? That must be so hard, you know? And and it was it was a thing where when you're on tour with different bands, like there's always going to be differences in beliefs, differences in viewpoints and whatnot. But when you're out on the road, everyone just comes together in the love of the music that they're playing mm-hmm. and because you're all in the same place every day you're all eating in the same place you're driving the same roads to go to the next city you're in the same place all day every day with these people and it, it's really just you know it, it, it never really mattered it was just hey there's these guys doing the same thing that we're doing yeah we believe different things but at the end of the day the shows were pretty awesome I don't care what you say Grant that tour was dope thank you Toby, where are you? I'm right here. I do think that fans of our bands think that, like, when we... (laughs) Just getting out of the shadows. I'm everywhere, my friends. I am everywhere, my friends. I do think that that they think that when you tour with a non-Christian band, that the non-Christian band makes you do, like, crystal meth, and you have to, like, snort coke off a hooker's ass or something like that. It's unbelievable. Like, people think... I have a story about that. You cannot stay a Christian. I want to hear that story. You will. Okay, <laughs> but back now or later? Right now. Okay, let's right, hear the it. The hooker's ass snorting. Yeah, so yeah. the coke on the hooker's whatever. Tour. Are y'all's parents still here? Hold on, uh, probably. <laughs> uh, we did a tour called Taste of Chaos, and one of the main bands on that was The Used, whose manager at the time was John Reese, who used to mm-hmm. be Guns N' Roses' manager. Mm-hmm. So he told us a story, actually, about him ripping a guy's nose off right at 60, which is means nothing to you, but means everything to everyone here. <laughs> 60 and Tampa, if you go over the bridge, there's some fish, tacos, something or other. He got in a bar fight and literally bowling ball peeled oh the guy's Lord. nose off. And he has no finger to show for it. Like, he's like a... He's, he's insane. But anyway, we ended a tour, and John Reese comes in, calls us all in to some green room area, and drops, like, a bag of cocaine... Uh-huh. <laughs> on the thing. He's like, do this right now. <laughs> and like like a full like sandwich bag, like a, two pounds of cocaine just goes, open this up right now. That's crazy. Have you, and he and waited, and he's like, I'm just joking. It's baking, it's baking powder. It's fine. <laughs> and he was just messing with us, but we're, we're on tour with the devil. The devil just plays jokes on us, and then we move on, and we all go eat and it's fine. Dang but yes. you have seen you have seen cocaine and drugs on the road, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Do you remember, I, I, like I remember the first time that we is that a trick question? Yeah, no, I'm just saying. Like I remember, like we. The first time I saw cocaine on the road, I was filling in a base for Emory on tour. <laughs> True story. <laughs> I guess you're right. I was going to tell the Touché, story. Touche, Grant. Yeah, I was going to tell the story. Yeah, I don't know this story. Yeah, I don't know the story either. It wasn't Emory. 
I'm not going to name the band, but it was a band on the tour. And uh, Because Grant once played bass for us for a time. I don't remember what it was, but we just had like a... Like uh, and you fired him. It was a Christmas tour. And we no, took yeah. him back. No, no. Yeah. We, just, we had a tour one time where our bass player had like had to go to a wedding or something, and we got this very cool tour. And so we called Grant. Grant came out, filled in on bass, did a great job. But yeah, so you're right. I was going to tell the story, but you're, you're, you were, that was the same for both of us. So what was the experience for you there? Uh, it was uh, it was a little alarming. I mean, growing up as a as a Christian and just seeing like some guy with his license making a line and uh, taking a taking a snort off it. Yeah, uh, that was pretty much was it. O- though. Like it was 05 or six, probably when that was something like that. Yeah, I can't. It was a long time ago. What was each of y'all's favorite song to play live? Ooh. For me, it is a tie between. Uh, yeah, well, we all have working titles. I got to remember the real name. Uh, a song called Breathing in a New Mentality and then a song called Emergency Broadcast. Is that Viper Pit and Viper Elephant? Pit and Elephant, yeah. Yeah, those are the two best songs that have ever been played live ever. Hey, if you guys ever ask Emery that question, they make something up every single time is what they've told me, Matt and Toby. Yeah, that, that, that's a question. I appreciate that, Christian. Thank you for raising your hand. But yeah, that question can be difficult because... You hate every song you right, play live. Tell, let me tell you where, <laughs> why am I here? Let me tell you where I'm at with that. How many more songs? Okay. So right. true. I, I resemble I that a, remark. I have a good answer for that. Now, here's why I don't like playing old songs. I've played them a million times. I've been on this stage 22 times and played the song Walls. How excited am I supposed to be Love to that play song. that Love D minor, that, that chord over, you know, whatever it is. Like, So, yeah, so playing old songs isn't really the best thing. You know what I mean? Like, they're old songs. I've played them a million times. You're right. Now, yes. The crowd likes them. Now, new songs, however, now that's, that's awesome, except for the crowd does not want to hear new songs. And so when you play a yes. new song, it's like, well, this sucks too. So here's the worst songs to play. So old songs up. and new songs. I hate playing both. You're right. My old songs right. suck. Playing My old songs song sucks. Playing new songs sucks. It's over. Yeah. So we do a podcast. I that's right. <laughs> that's what we're doing. Yeah. What have we learned? <laughs> Yes, son. All right, next question. Who's got another one? All right. Hey, uh, I'm Sam from uh, Zephyr Hills, Florida. Uh, I was just wondering, um, you know, I, uh, I heard an interview with uh, Spencer, and he was talking about, like, uh, kind of like the, the same thing that, um, like, the Chariot did about, like, how they, they wanted to end on top, and they wanted to, like, they liked the imagery of, like, going across the finish line and, like, finishing strong and not, um, not like ending all sad or weird or whatever and I was just wondering and Tim was talking about it too in the film about like the imagery uh, or um, the, the importance of the art and I was just wondering if you guys feel content um, with uh, what you guys did and, uh, or if any of you guys like wish from an artistic perspective if you guys um, could have done more or anything like that I feel like I was content with what we accomplished 10 years ago like I know me and Tim have had this conversation before about how anything that we stage yeah anything that we ever aspired to do in this band we did so long ago and you know yeah Tim was saying this stage like we grew up going to shows in this area and this was the place that we would come and we would see bands that we thought were just stratospheric and we played on this stage in like 2002 yeah with Zayo and uh, somebody else and that was like the height we were like there's nothing more we can do 
from this point on that will be any better than this. And then everything after that was just like, holy cow, like it's, we're still doing stuff. That's, I mean, that's where I'm at personally. Me and, uh, me and James playing the stage like in 98, just so you know. Just, just saying. <laughs> no, but I think, I think it's amazing that like all of our relative childhood dream was just to play on the stage. It didn't matter how many people are here. And there's probably more people here for this weird podcast movie thing that we threw together two weeks ago than the first time we ever played here where we were like, yeah, our mm-hmm. goals are met. We're just so happy to be playing guitar, keyboard, bass, whatever. So the, the thing, and one of the other things of the movie that I thought was great that really impacted me was the, the notion of the, the bands break up and then does a band have to break up or can a band just stop? We, we, is that how, did you guys break up or did you just decide to stop? I, I mean, I've, it's it's weird because like uh, uh, one of the guys from the Let Live was saying in the in the film, like most of the time when you hear about a band breaking exactly. up, it's like I hate that guy. I'm never getting on stage with that dude. Right. All that stuff. But where we were at, we were just like we can't continue doing this like this anymore. But I is love. It, is it a breakup? Is it like is it a failed relationship or did or did oh. what the, the thing you did just end? I wouldn't consider it a failed relationship yeah, at it all. it ended. Like, for me, it was like we tried a year of, like, oh, we're going to do festivals, we're going to do the strategic managers and everyone and the agents and everyone being involved. Like, what does everyone need? How do we keep this afloat? And it, it's just, like, for me, Under Oath is one thing, and if it can't be what it should be, it should just be nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's not a failure. It's literally a... You know, unless we can pay you the due that you're deserved, like, we don't want to take that name and just drag it through a bunch of Christian festivals and one-offs and this, like, strategic right. business plan because that's not our, that's not what Under Earth ever so you was. So you would say Under Earth did not break up. <laughs> I mean, you could. You, I, mean, I mean, you could say you completed. Daniel Spencer, you com- come on yeah, out. Co- yeah, completed. That's right. that's I great. Think it, yes. I think we hit the no, finish I'm line. I'm saying, I, yeah, I mean, yes. I mean that because I never thought about that before. But you're right. Like, I mean, maybe you just finished the thing. It doesn't. Breakup yeah. implies strife, tension. Yes, things that may may not be there. I've never thought about it in that term He's until right, this though. month. But yeah, but that totally makes sense. We finished. James, because people and fans they use the term they is hiatus, breakup, whatever, all that kind of stuff. But maybe in this case, the the situation is completed. Deep, bro. Speaking of uh, uh, just <laughs> tension and strife, one thing that I thought that was awesome was the fact that when you watch the end of the movie, like Chris is crying, Spencer's crying, you know, uh, Timmy looks so serious, Grant, all this stuff. James just like, oh, hell yeah, man. I'm going to go get some food. This thing's... I, I mean, he looks exactly like he does right now. Just totally chill. Everybody's devastated. James is like, I don't give a shit, man. This thing's... all Two-week vacation, 12 days. Yeah, all-paid vacation. I mean... James, you, James, you love that last 12 days, right? Like, Yo, that James, was great. That no, was great. Toby, I don't mean to cut you off. Okay. James, what's the biggest thing you miss about being on tour? The free beer. <laughs> What's the biggest thing that your wife misses about you being on tour? Oh, I don't know. What? No. The free beer. <laughs> free beer. Yeah. That's my, that's my girl. <laughs> that's you guys are boom. perfect for each other. All right, who else? Who else has another question? All right, right here. 
Hi, I'm Kristen from St. Pete. Um, I was at the farewell show, and I remember at the end when you guys threw your instruments and um, your equipment to the crowd. Were you guys afraid of hurting anyone? I remember <laughs> you just threw drums, like keyboard, I, guitar. I, I thought about that afterward. I, I had no... For me, anyway, there, there there was no plan on that. Like, when, out. yeah, when, when we got done with the set, I was walking off stage and I was thinking, "Oh, I don't have any equipment to play music anymore," and I still, I still don't have anything. You lost instruments on that. <laughs> All of my stuff gave away. Gave, oh, yeah, wow. I didn't lose them. I just tossed them. Right, I mean, but people stole them. <laughs> they, yeah, I was hoping to get them back, but they just ran off. Wow. Yeah. It was awesome seeing like the the fans' reactions of giant Chris throwing his gear at them. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, I'm getting oh my god. Like I thought too, like Chris is going to kill somebody right now. This movie's taking a different slant than I thought. So for sure. All right, we need a few more questions. Who else has one? All right, right here. Hi, I'm Levi from Tampa. I have a I was wondering if from the band perspective you guys ever felt there was a huge difference between the crowd before and after Aaron left. Ooh. I'd say so. I mean Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They got they they I would say... We sucked after Aaron left. Yeah. Thank you for bringing up the red-headed elephant. Thanks a lot. (laughs) Moving on. Anyone not from Tampa talking about Aaron? Our crowd's got a lot more mail after Aaron left, for sure. (laughs) Come on, Chris. That's not a slight against Aaron. There's just... Honestly, there was a lot of girls who were bummed that Aaron was not in the band. I feel like Aaron and Spencer are being thrown under the proverbial bus on accident. But they're not here to respond. I love Aaron. I love Spencer, but... Yeah. Spencer's so, an idiot. So, Aaron's a baby. So Aaron is is Aaron on the road currently? Uh, yes. Paramore. Yeah, he's he out, with Par- out with Paramore. Yeah. Two days ago. Yeah, right. he yeah I, I he texted me today too. He said he wished he could be here. He oh, said so let's, let's talk hello. about that for a minute. Like he's oh, in the yeah. documentary. You guys he are married us. You know, so Aaron's a good buddy of ours. We had a great time with him when he was in your band. When he's not in your band, do, do you guys have any? Uh, I'm, I'm feeling like some people do want to ask questions about that or whatever. But so we we talked about Spencer and that. But where are you guys at with Aaron? You guys are we're down. We're good. Yeah, we're all good. Yeah, right. he's, all good. he's he is he is in the group text. Do, do people have a hard time believe? Do you find that people have a hard time believing that? Because sometimes I think yeah, when I people think that, leave a band, they think. Oh, they're doing good press, but really behind the scenes well, is bad. But I mean, if is anyone like if you read like comments on like you know Facebook pages, there's kids they say the dumbest things, and they like mm-hmm. oh they they were like on top, and like Aaron was just too Christian, they had to leave, and you know, and it's just like it, it's so like out of left field uh-huh. that like you can't even if I explain it right now and say yo, me and Aaron are good. I talked on the phone yesterday. We had like, you know whatever. They'll still be like tomorrow. Yeah, they weren't Christian anymore, so Aaron left and this and that. And it's just like it, it's kind of one of those things where, from a public's per- perspective, it's not one of those things that you can change. We're awesome. We're good. He came down uh, last birthday. He had, like, came down hang out with him. Like, um, yeah, he's a good dude. And did did he not want to be in the documentary, or was he just too busy, or what? No, he wasn't. He was only there for the last show he played on the last show the, in tampa he showed up and played some songs right? yes yeah. correct yeah so yeah he just yeah he wasn't he just wasn't yeah because we the tour. had a new drummer like i was talking to joey earlier today and he's like so where was aaron and where was yeah he wasn't who? in the band i mean yeah, it's not right. not this so, he's just not in the to band be clear, so like aaron left the band in 2009 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, in Europe. And then we had a new drummer, our friend Daniel, who was from Norma Jean. He's now in Every Time I Die. And uh, we wrote a whole record. We recorded it. Like, that was our drummer. So it was, like, one of those things where when we were doing our last tour, like, the band, as it was at that point, was the band. Sure. And it Who? wasn't, like, we're not getting Dallas back. We're not getting Aaron back. We're not getting anyone back. Like, the dudes that are here are going to play 12 shows, and it's going to be done. Yeah, it's not like Daniel got, like, a, a half-member card. Like, yo, right. you're kind of in the band, but there's this other guy that's been there for a long time, so... You know. He can text at any point and get you cut off. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think people look at bands and they, they, they probably want to read more into things than are there. And they probably think stuff like, oh, we're, we're managing PR. Or like you have like, a, a, like, the guy, like the guy, a political assistant who tells you, you got to say this or you got to say this. But th- it's pretty transparent. And from my point of view, it seems pretty transparent. We know Aaron. We know you guys. It's good. Things are like this. People do different stuff. You change members. It, it, it's, not, it's, it's not that big of a deal. You guys are friends. You love Aaron. He loves you. 100%. It's, it, it's, not, it's, it's a lot less complicated than I think the general public typically tends to assume. People like to take sides on things in general. I yep. think that that's just human nature. So, I mean, it is what it is. There's not much you can do. I, I, you're exactly right. People take that, blow things way out of proportion because they want that narrative or they want that story of Aaron was the Christian and he left the band but as a hero or whatever, he didn't say any of that stuff. He says, yeah, I love those dudes. I talk to them on text all the time. We, we do this, that, you know, and so I, I think people just want that story. When you sure. quit Subway, it's just, you get less grief about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't read that much into your spirituality when you, when you move across town and your commute to Subway is longer. You're right. You know what I mean? Anybody else have any more questions? Who else got, has one back here? We got a lot of questions. All yeah. Right. Let me try and get questions. over here to this young lady. All right, here you go. Hi guys, I was just wondering, um, I'm one of the type of people that like when I drive anywhere with my friends, like I always have to be in control of the radio and you guys are so awesome because no matter who's in the car, like I can throw on like a different album of you guys and it's like totally different. Like if I want like emo or if I want like, you know, changing of times or Don't want to turn it off no matter what album it is, right? Um, (laughs) and it's just crazy. Where did you guys get like the dubstep thrown in at the end of disambiguation like where did that come from oh wait no wait no i know what she's talking about if if she (laughs) no she's talking about but is she a singular human being on earth or do we have to like actually set this record straight can we move on no she's talking about the remixes at the end but yeah yeah, you guys just went a complete different direction. It was just like well let's clear it up just in case that is is unclear well when dj snake turned up on that track it was like what's up what's the problem Diplo no for real uh, I don't remember somehow we ended up with like oh we're like okay Randy our manager you don't need to know him he's awesome Uh, he had an assistant named Melissa who's awesome who had dreads and glow sticks and she was a rave girl she was all in the EDM stuff and she said oh it'd be good to get some remixes so we randomly got people that we don't know to remix songs and that's what that is and that was nothing that we did or cared about I mean it's actually Spencer and uh, there's one track with Spencer and the other one is an inner party system remix which we toured the world with them too but I mean but uh, that's splitting hairs I guess it just made it that much harder when people were like, "Like, what is under oath?" Wait, so that like, confused Christian you? Like, you metal, were like, 
Is Doug that like Stead a weird like? like that, where that was, am uh, I? That I wasn't was called, expecting that. Really I was like, at under the end there, for eighty-seven like, songs, but then when they dropped just the inner totally part, it's just a there, remix. Yeah. Like I was really confused. Are I was we like, trying this to work is the that? end. All right, I get it. One percent of your songs are confusing. Yeah, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. That, that's uh, that's ninety nine percent of the time we work every time. Ma- marketing, I think, is the word for that. Marketing, would you would put that under? Um, no, it was just uh, just an idea to kind of like give a different spin on a different perspective of the songs. And thank you. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, there's there's other genres and there's other styles of music out there, and we're not oblivious to that. So uh, yeah, it was just a, it was a cool idea that I thought turned out well. Spencer. Uh, did one of the tracks that they said, and I think it, it turned out cool. And it was just, it was just something cool to do for the fans, something different. Nothing more than that. It wasn't like that wasn't our new direction. It wasn't like yeah, let's switch it up real quick. It was just a a cool marketing promotional idea. I guess is the best way to put it. I had a bunch of hands, Toby. Who yeah. else is on the scene? But right at the same way, I loved when you guys did their only chasing safety ska version. That was one of my favorite records of all time. So yeah, you got a question? Dude, that's the bootleg, man. Don't talk it's about a that. Bootleg. Uh, first of all, I gotta say, love Emery. Got introduced. Oh, Emery! Uh, Escort him out, please. Which yeah. I was introduced to yeah, by question. going to an Under Oath show, so. Uh, okay, and cool. I also love how you guys loved Christmas and decorated for That was pretty cool. Thank there you. were Christmas trees and Christmas lights all over the stage. Uh, but my question is um, I just recently went and saw The Who with my dad uh, at Amway Theater. Those guys are seven years old, still rocking out. Do you guys see each other uh, maybe getting together 10, 20 years from now and playing a reunion show? Well, S- Spencer asked the question, and he said, no, this is not my last show. He's going to do more shows, so let me ask each of you guys. Was that your last show, Grant? Will you He's, play uh, Under Oath or not? Spencer's going to get with their kids. They're going to start a new band. <laughs> Yo. Spencer, I mean, so, so Spencer says that. So, Grant, will you, will you play more shows Under Oath or not? Uh, I honestly have no idea. Yes or no, Grant? Oh my gosh! Like, do you do, do you hope to play more Under Oath shows or other shows in the future? We'll um, leave it that way. I'll put it this way. How about that? Because I'm in control. Uh, <laughs> um, I love playing music with these guys, and if they wanted to play music again, I'd be into the idea. So let's put it. I don't there. have any more instruments. So you're committed to these guys. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I Chris would love to, but he gave out all of his instruments two and a half years ago. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't know. I mean I like I was saying in the movie and I still hold on to this like, you know, playing shows is, is awesome. Like I love doing it. It's mm-hmm. just uh you know, doing it in that capacity is just impossible and can't do that anymore. I and I mean not maybe if I had instruments Somebody yeah. Tim, are you, are you done with music? Dude! I played last night. Okay, then. Tell, what did you play? What did you do? DJ Weedy dropped his friggin' mixtape. If you F with weed, you already brain dead on St. Pete last oh. night. Oh, wow. And I do. And James, how about you? Uh, James is only thinking about his bedtime was 20 or 30 minutes ago. Uh, Yeah, I'd love to play a show again. I don't think I've played my last show. Um, James, have you picked up a guitar since January 2013? (laughs) Yes. You did? I have. Sell it on eBay. Oh, yeah. It's not going to move itself. (laughs) Ain't going to ship itself. Nope. Uh, But yeah, I I would love to play a show again. I I don't think I would ever tour again. I don't think I'd ever be in a full-time band again, but 
You're an idiot. The, the Music live show <laughs> was awesome. Yeah. And it was always awesome playing with, our, with your friends, you know? And, and that's how this all started, was through friendships. Awesome. That's great, James. All right, we want a couple more questions? Yeah, yeah a we do. More. All right, a couple more. Who, who, here they come. Get your hands up. All right, here we go. Hey, I'm Justin from Maryland. Uh, it's, this kind of is a broad question about your genre as a whole. Um, do you guys see it having any sort of longevity or future? Uh, can it stay fresh? What genre do you think we are? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great question. But give like, them that for real. What, like, what that's genre a legitimate, is like a legitimate question. Well, I mean, I don't think you guys even define yourselves under a specific genre. I mean, but I what would, would you define us under? Yeah, what is our genre? I, you know, I wouldn't because you guys, you guys are, you guys go past like you know, you started doing your own thing, and then the genre kind of formed around you and other bands. So I and guess, like, I guess, well, what to, is I, it? If you wanted to don't say, don't talk to me like that. <laughs> uh, don't, diversion don't tactics. Try to trap me. <laughs> no, no, because I, I feel, I feel like it might be coming across that we're like saying like, hey. Well, what genre do you think we are, bro? Like, no, no, but, no. We, that, we honestly uh, want to answer the question. Oh, okay, I see. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I guess um, the I'm whole screamo, just hard rock, oh, man. metal, just that. That's all. like every band. It's ever. like every band ever. It's like every band. Metal, hard rock, pop rock, pop. Yeah. Uh, You're saying heavy. He music said screamo with... three times. Okay, yeah. under oath of screamo. So we're screamo. Okay. Singing Next and question. screaming. It's okay. Yeah. Singing and screaming. Singing and screaming together. Maybe. I don't know. It's just, he, he was saying, that, do we see band, heavy bands singing and screaming as a genre continuing and having longevity, or is it a passing thing? I guess, who, who knows? I mean, we're, we're not in charge of anything. Like, if bands next month stop screaming, then they do, I guess. I, I think it's going to be tough for any band now at this point with all the screamo bands that have come out in the past few years to be original and be a breath of fresh air to keep that genre alive i think it could be done but i don't think in general let me credit you guys again in in the realm that screaming itself is now part of the vernacular of, of tools of the trade that people can use to create music whatever they decide oh, to do we with can't it, i agree with you for that at all. they might There's do who no knows way. what anybody's going to do with anything but before bands like Under Oath were around, or screaming yeah. itself was not a tool who, who? in the tool belt of, of bands that could have songs that people yeah, would like. I would, or Pantera, I, or Metallica. I would say that we can't take credit for that at all. And I'll say that no matter what happens, Refuse is going to come out with a new song every 12 years and tell everyone else that they are not good at what they do. And they will be completely right. Because Refused wins... Yeah, I think it's like any genre. Um, it's going to kind of explode like it did in like the mid-2000s, I guess you could say, for Screamo. And then it's going to become reproduced, you know, the same kind of vibe, same bands. And then it's going to kind of die out because people are going to get over it. Maybe in 10 years, 20 years, it you know, sparks back up. It'll still be there and there'll still be relevant bands, but it'll be the bands like, in my opinion, like Let Live kind of bands that... You can you can kind of just sense the passion. They're actually trying to do something like real, legit, and it's not just like a here's the formula, let's do it. You know, so I think that the genre can last, but I think it's like anything else going to have its uh, ups and downs. All right, Toby, what yeah, else we got? Yeah. All right, who else? Here we go. Uh, when I first got into heavy music, it was bands like Seven Angels, Seven Plagues, Old yeah, Under Oath, dude. Norma Jean. I felt there was a lot more. Uh, intensity in a lot of the messages back then 
but now I've seen almost everyone I know from that time period fizzle out, and myself being in a Christian hardcore band traveling six to eight months out of the year for the past six years, where do you think the disconnect is between the ideals you go into the van when you first start and then five years when you see reality on, in the, on tour and at these festivals and stuff? Uh, man, that is fantastic. Um, I would argue that there's not many heavy shows that I've ever seen that move me more than like a Norma Jean show at Cornerstone or at, at, in Atlanta at a church that's just like you just feel like it's something about everyone feeling the same thing even if it's not real or if it is real regardless of your religious belief like the idea that we're all moving energy in a way that makes sense and just washing over you like you get hit in a way that is insane and I think that we were on tour with Zayo and uh, we were on tour with Zayo when we were, like, 19? Yeah, teens. And Jesse Smith, like, red stripe, kind of moderately overweight, just pounding cigs, just like, dude, don't be like me. Like, that was a, a legitimate thing. And he was honest with it. He said it in public. It's not a private thing. And he's just like, I started here. I started passionate. I believed in something. I had a vision and don't end up like me 10 years later. And I think you're right. Like the five-year, 10-year thing, you go out, you see things. And I, th- I think for me, it's uh, the things that I see in myself in that is like the idea of like Christian culture making the other side out to be something that it's not. If you smoke a cigarette, you're going to die. You're going to get cancer. You have sex with a girl. Like the world's going to open up and God's going to swallow you. Like there's all these things that we, we get brought up with and I think once you start kind of breaking down those barriers you realize that nothing's really that extreme and it's just this weird small damage over a long period of time and I think that if I think that if the Christian culture raised their bands their pastors their overall idea with a with a sense of the other side's fantastic and it's enjoyable and you would thrive there for 10 years but you're going to be alive for 80 and the world is going to go on for hundreds and thousands and eternity like think about long term i think that's the problem it's like everyone gets raised like don't drink don't smoke don't say shit don't say this don't look at girls naked and the second you do and the world doesn't open up it's like well what was the problem you know and then i think that kind of just steps it down Toby, could you find... I'm over here now. I'm all over the place. Can you find for us the director of the movie? I'd like to ask him a question. Yeah, I would. While while I'm finding the director of the movie, where is he at? Raise your hands, Steve. No, behind you. Behind me. Directly behind me. One thing I would like to ask, though, follow up to that question is, Grant, you were a Christian. Now you are not. So you were actually in a band that was a Christian and something changed. What, what happened? Like, I mean, you were out there, you were totally fine with Spencer talking about God and that you guys were a Christian band, and then what happened? Was it, was it the band? If you'd never been in a band, would you still be a Christian? Uh, I mean, I can't answer that question. I mean, the last part of that. Um, I don't know, because I wasn't a band. Um, I think for me, uh, it's, it's a personal thing. Like anyone else, they have their own story, their own, like, weaves and past, you know, whatever you want to call it, and, like, for me, um, without going into crazy detail, because it's a pretty deep conversation, obviously, um, 
I think I spent a long, long portion of my life having that like guilt slash conviction, whatever you want to refer to it as, and like trying to like search for the truth until it got to a point where it like almost consumed me and I was just kind of like, I just want to be a good person and live my life. And I know that sounds like a really lame, like kind of cheesy answer and I'm not trying to like, you know, push away the question, but I don't want to, it's like, it's like I said, it's a super deep issue. And for me, it's just like, I'm at the point now where I'm comfortable with who I am, with my life, with me as a person. I don't have any ill will towards like Christianity, like three of the guys that I respect more than anybody else in my life literally are sitting up here with me and they're all Christians and they all believe in that and that's fine and that's great and I think that Christianity has great things um, but me personally I just don't think that where I'm at it applies in my life and to, like I said to make it short that's kind of where I'm at. Thank you for saying that Grant. I think that's yeah. a brave thing. Yeah to I want to I want to clarify that with that is awesome. Do you know how many people started in Christian bands and are scared to say what Grant just right. said and he I bet a shitload of people in here are Christians and Grant's being honest and truthful and we don't have to be scared of that. Grant I I really do actually super respect that you'd be honest with people. Like a lot of people are scared to do that and so I I really do respect that. So all right, we have the Director here, Matt, yeah. you have a so question? What I wanted to ask him is, I, th- I thought the film was brilliant. I thought it was beautiful. I wanted to know, from your point of view, what do you think is the main theme of the movie that you were trying to get out? And if you could tie in the, the, the shots and the stuff that you did that was like the, the drums and the dirty place and they were dragging it with the ropes or whatever. Um, could, you, could you tell us like what, what you were after and what you were thinking there? And if that relates to the, the theme of the movie as you see it. First of all, everyone give it, for, give it up for give it up for Steven. Who is the director? You killed it, bro. It, it was a good subject. So uh, yeah, it was a good subject. So uh, that was a pretty heavy question because there's a lot going on in that film. Um, I mean, the film to do an under oath film without under oath music was a challenge. Uh, because it's got so many amazing themes within the music that are a great mirror within their lives. So we had to come up with a conceptual idea to kind of weave a story in between of passing on the torch, uh, kind of the weights and the burdens of picking up an instrument, the responsibilities of picking up an instrument, and kind of dragging that through your life um, and eventually letting it go. Uh, I don't want to tell you all the metaphors because I'd rather you watch it again and kind of look through it, but... One of my favorite scenes is the actor, um, Joe Fick. Um, I, li- I live in Detroit. There's a lot of abandoned buildings. There's a build- dam- uh, abandoned building near my house called the Packard Plant. We go- went and shot in it. And um, there's this scene where Joe is walking through this uh, pile of trash that is, was literally just there. And, it, and the element of, of the, the words from the band was, you know, Christianity is, is full and filled and surrounded by all these things we bring to it when it's such a simple, beautiful thing by itself. And we make life about those things and we buy those things. And if we don't have those things or we don't sell those things, then it ends up, we don't feel like we have it or we don't have all of it. So I want what I felt was beautiful was this actor walking through that and being like, it's not about those things. It's about an individual life. And so 
there's a lot of metaphors within that and, and, and the kid picking up the guitar with the next stage of life, you know, these guitars that have been damaged and abused, but they're still, they still make music in someone's eyes. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm humbled to have been a part of your, your lives and for, to have been uh, invited on tour. I, I, I met Kyle, the guitar tech. I thought he was part of the band, even though I knew your music. <laughs> I knew your music well. I didn't know who was in the band, so it was a very fresh approach not really knowing much of your history. I got to interview each one of them, got to know them, didn't even start interviewing until the fourth or fifth show where I got to understand them a little bit more. Um, but filming each show and knowing, not, knowing that the music wasn't going to be in the film kind of helped me understand the art of each person's attitude on stage and off stage. And so, I don't know, I, I thank you all for coming to the film because it, it, it's been a lot of work over the past two years to try and present this story as a reflection of what I hope is kind of an open uh, introduction to a conversation in the Christian music scene, but in Christianity in general, um, because I think a lot of us do need that approach to burning a lot of what we believe around the Christian or faith in general down to the, the foundation of what is actual truth. So. Thank you, Stephen. Sorry. I appreciate that very much. So, thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Under Oath, very much. This has been an unbelievable occasion, uh, you know, collaboration of, di of different things. It's been really wonderful. Thank you for the fan questions. If you're out there, if you're listening to this podcast, buy this movie. It's amazing. We, we appreciate it. It's the first time I've seen it tonight. Thanks again. We really do want to celebrate and appreciate everybody coming here for Under Oath tonight. Let's give everybody a big round of applause. No, yeah, not, not standing, just, you know, simple clapping. All right, thank you, everybody. Anybody have anything, last thing to say? I, I do want to say the guys that aren't here, <laughs> Spencer, Aaron, Daniel, uh, we the, all those guys are awesome, and we're just busting their balls and just having a good time, and, and we actually wish they were here because they would have added even so much more to this. But thank you guys so much for tonight. This is great. Thank you, Under Oath, for inviting us to this part of your life. Like, thank we got to witness so your life. That is truly awesome. So thank you guys so much. Thank you, Tampa. This is awesome. Good Peace. night. Peace. Thank you.